Um, what's the word? Natural reaction for the for the actual pod once we start recording. But I'll just click record now. I just, um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just can't believe the reaction of some people, and and I just, I actually thought that game yesterday. I, I know we're bottom of the league, and I just thought in isolation, and, I, and and I know you can't take it in isolation, but if that was a one-off game yesterday, I thought we played okay. We weren't brilliant. We looked a lot more organised. I didn't feel like every time they went forward, they were going to score. I thought I could actually tell who was playing where and we had some shape and, 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 a, and a formation that you could see. We had two players up front that, while not creating a plethora of chances, gave the opposition defence something to think about. And that team that we were playing yesterday was supposed to be third in the league and we shouldn't have lost to them. And I, Bruce I is oh. fuming. <laughs> I just can't believe people's reactions. I, I, I just... Some people just can't, couldn't wait to have a go at him. And he's about 54th on the list of people that they should be unhappy with at the club. I mean, I think that's a countdown waiting to happen on, uh, on your account there, Bruce. Do a, do a, a, Twitter, a Twitter cup of who's to blame. I think we'll start with the top one, shall we? Can you have a one-person well, po- <laughs> one poll? There's a, um, there's a, there's a uh, poll on the fishy, always the most reliable place for data. That said, should Hurst be given next season to rebuild? Oh, it's just, oh don't. No, don't. 131 votes, 73 no, 58 yes. So it's 44% yes, uh, 53%, 55% no. Does that uh, say something about Paul Hurst or something about the fishy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us. We started raw. We thought we'd get on with it because uh, Bruce and Ian were already sort of putting the world to rest while we were waiting. <laughs> We're all going to be a bit uh, softer for Ian because he's in his Liverpool shirt as well. Uh, well, I, he, he's putting up two, but I thought it was only a 1-0 defeat. I sli- uh, slithered into my uh, uh, what looked like a racing shirt, Fulham shirt. from a, a You year didn't slither into that. You was poured into it. <laughs> <laughs> poured sounds good. <laughs> uh, apparently lockdown has... I have been doing too well in lockdown. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but there we go. Welcome, everybody. I'm joined by Ian, Bruce and Tom. We won't get on with the formalities of saying hello. Town uh, slipped to a two-on defeat to Forest Green yesterday and then obviously lost uh, midweek as well to Leighton Orient. We'll go through that. We'll have a quick chat about everything else. Uh, put the worlds to rights and we'll go through some of your uh, thoughts and opinions that we sort of gauge from Twitter. Before um, we get underway, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the John McDermott interview, please take the moment to do so. It is an absolutely brilliant half, an hour and a half. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly going to be cheerier and, and going to make you laugh more than this podcast will. Um, it's well worth uh, uh, some of your time. So go back and have a look. It'll be on. Uh, it'll be below this episode, I'd imagine. So, gentlemen, how are we doing? We'll probably sort with Forest. We'll start with Forest Green's game. And I'll start. I'll, I'll go with it. I thought the performance, and I'm going to steal Bruce's stuff, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to echo his sentiments. I think in isolation, that performance was absolutely fine. Uh, I don't think it was a penalty. I didn't think it was a, a second goal. I thought it was offside. And we could, we should have at least come away with a point, if not a victory then, because uh, both of their goals were illegitimate. I was unimpressed really with Forest Green, but I guess like most clubs that came to town, they did just enough to go away with three points. 
I was delighted to see that we played 4-4-2. I thought we looked a lot better with it. I don't think we've reinvented the wheel and I don't think we're now going to be playoff promotion. But I thought it was probably the best way to go. Slightly confused by some of the um, some of the antics. And I don't mean Bunny. I saw a lot of people criticising Hurst for bringing him on. I think people have forgotten that he's actually a left midfielder and a left back and can play in both positions quite professionally. And considering John, uh, uh, John Tonda was complaining about the lack of height in the game, He's one of the taller members of our squad, and I thought he was a pretty good substitution in replacement uh, for the injured gentleman whose name eludes me. I was surprised that Lammy was not in the squad because apparently he wasn't injured, and I thought he would have been a st- he would have been a starter for me. Uh, I'm also a little bit confused as to why we only used two substitutes throughout the game. Um, so, open the panel. Who wants to go first? Uh, I would agree with you, Alex. <clears throat> I thought the first one. Is absolutely not a penalty. Um, well, he's, he's then, foot's, isn't it a foul on Lenny? Because Matt, Matt kicks Lenny to get towards the ball. Isn't that what it yeah, should be? Yeah, to me, yes. But then also there was a good tackle on him in the second half, wasn't there, where he threw himself up in the air and swan dived to the floor. Uh, was it um, Rollin that got the ball, I think, in that tackle? So he should have been um, off. Two yeah, yellows. absolutely. Two yellows for diving <laughs> off. And then the second one, I I know that the offside rule is severely confused at the moment, but how on earth we're not saying that he's interfering with the goalkeeper's line of sight or thinking that he might get a touch of the ball or anything like that is is beside me. And I think this is right just to- for everybody who hasn't seen it, I guess, is for their number 10. The the person who, I thought it was a very well-worked goal and they, they carved as a part, as Thingy would say, John Moore would say. But um, I when when he takes the strike, which was a good strike, their number 10 was in an offside position and was well between the guy who struck the ball and and Jake Eastwood. Just want to put it out there so people can... Yeah. Yeah, and for me, you've got to be giving that as offside. However, onto town themselves, the performance was better than uh, the Orient game. Uh, we looked a lot more like an actual team. Um, and if we had put in this kind of performance in the game either side of the Crawley match a few games ago, I would still be feeling pretty confident. The issue is, as time goes on, that it becomes harder and harder to feel confident with the situation staying out because games are running out. Um, We've got 15 left now. um, And I had a quick look earlier on and both teams uh, that I concede, well, we would think we are chasing in terms of um, Barrow and Southend. Both of them in the last six have got double the points that we have. So although I think our performances are getting better, the concern for me is that time runs out before we've improved enough. No, I mean, I um, I sort of pretty much summed up a minute ago what I what I thought. I, I thought it was better. Oh, here he goes, uh, copying our ideas now. This is what me and Ian have already said. We <laughs> I should have started right, it recording shit. earlier. It, 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 was, it was shit. <laughs> um, no, I... Um, I did think it was better, um, and I think the next two games are probably fairly pivotal. Um, I think if we play like that, we will get something out of the next two games, um, and I think probably a minimum of four points. We've got uh, Carlisle away on Tuesday, haven't we? Then we're at home to Colchester. Um, both are hopelessly out of form, like we are, um, and I just hope that he stays with 
that formation, doesn't make three or four unforced changes, sees that it was better, which I think, you know, reading between the lines in his interview, well, he said he thought it was better. Um, and I'd like to see us go out with our strongest team from the start, not saving and holding anybody back. Because like Ian says, t- games are running out. And if we can hit a bit of form, I know it's a long shot, you know, 12, 13 games out, then we could give ourselves a chance still. I still think that the games are slipping away. But that yesterday, as I say, just taking that game in isolation makes me feel a bit better about the next few games. But we've got to now back that up, back that performance up with two or three more performances that even get better still. Uh, Yeah, I think I agree. I thought we played certainly better than on Tuesday night. And uh, I thought we deserved a point. I didn't think it was a penalty either. Um, I think uh, offside, maybe 10 years ago it would have been offside, but I just don't think that's counted as offside anymore, even though I don't agree with that interpretation of the rule. I just think that's the way it is now. Um, but I thought I thought we played well until sort of midway through the second half, really, just before they scored. And we kind of ran out of ideas. And I would have liked to have seen a change come perhaps a bit earlier. Well, this just harks back to the old criticism that we've I've certainly always had of Paul Hurst, which is he just waits a little bit too long to make his changes and don't give him enough time to make a proper impact on the game. Um, but I certainly thought it was better. And as I've said on Twitter, We've got 45 points available and we probably need 26 to get to 50, which is more than doable. If we win on Tuesday night, we only need 23 and that's a manageable number. So stay positive. I will be honest. I think that is hokum. (laughs) We are currently averaging less than 0.5 points per game in the last 10. I'm I'm I think I'm all in agreement with you guys about how yesterday's game went. I think we're already done. I think the opportunities we had to, I think we've run out of opportunities. And hey, a six points deficit technically with the the goal difference we've got against Barra would suggest that we're still in it, but I've I've seen nothing from this team really to suggest we're going to go on a run that gets that sort of points that you we we would need to stay up. Um but there we go. 26 that's what we need. Yeah, not a lot. It's too many. Too I just many. think, um, you know, if it was me as a player, I would want... I remember when we were back in the conference, we played yeah. Fleetwood Town at home. And uh, it was when Brody was there. I can't remember if Vardy was there or not, but we played him early on in the season, probably August, if not early September time. And I think if I remember rightly, we lost 2-0. And went 1-0 down in the first half and they scored at the pontoon end. It was when Atkinson had just gone to Fleetwood. And we played really well, been on top in the game. And they scored. And instead of everybody getting on the players' backs when they scored, everyone stood up and encouraged the town players because we'd been playing so well. In the next few weeks, that's kind of what I'd like to see and hear from people who support Grimsby Town on social media. And I think if we take a positive attitude like that, we've got a much better chance of doing it. And if I was the manager, 
that's the way I'd be looking at it. 26 points. We get through on Tuesday. That's 23 to go. You get another win at the weekend. That's 20. And then all of a sudden, 20 points with whatever it is, 13, 12, 13 games to go is a really manageable number and something that you can believe in. And I implore all of my fellow supporters to do the same. I'll come to Ian in a second. I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't agree with that idea that you're only, I, you probably didn't mean, it came across to me anyway, that said you're only a real Grimsby fan if you are supporting them and being positive. I, I don't mind realism and I don't mind, I can understand where people are, are getting dismayed because I'm one of them as well. And um, we can only see what's in front of us. I don't, I, I don't know. I, and I guess the bigger point is at the moment is that we're not there to, to support them in the, 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 the ground uh, at the moment. I, I hope that would have an effect. I would have imagined it would have had an effect, either being supportive or telling them to, or as, as, as I saw from Marais on Tuesday night when the ball bounced behind him and he should have gone for it after 60 minutes, uh, a load of fans in the pontoon saying, move your fucking ass and go get the ball. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't saying you, you're not supported. By yeah, yeah. Minutes. Sorry, I probably that's got it wrong. I, that's why I said implore. Yeah. So I'm, I'm politely encouraging people to just be a bit positive. I, personally, with 15 games to go, I can't really see in terms of my own like personal mental health. Let's say um, being negative about something that's not a done deal. Uh, given everything else that's going on, it's a, like I've said before, it's any football, you might as well just be a bit upbeat about it until it's actually confirmed. And at the minute, we're still in the fight. If we beat Barrett, there's only a three point gap as it stands. And the game, that's game on. Ian, what are you going to say? Uh, I completely understand where Tom's coming from and I obviously get the idea of positivity but I guess that the question would be at what point do you then start tempering that level of positivity because you just said a moment ago Tom I, you know I'm going to be positive until it's confirmed but if we're like five games and we still need to and we go into those needing to win all five are we still sitting here going you know positivity and, I, and I'm not being negative myself because I'm, I'm just trying to be realistic on the situation the situation at the moment is extremely tough. So it's all right saying that we all of a sudden need to go and get um, 26 points from 15 games, nearly two points a game when we've got four points from the last 10. The problem is that the teams above us, who we are directly chasing at the moment, are in better form than us um, or are at least scratching more results out of games than we are. Um, and I And I don't think that for some people, it's necessarily a bad thing. If we're, if, again, mentioning mental health a moment ago, that it's a bad thing to for them to kind of accept situations and potential situations. And, and yeah, I agree with the message you've just put in there. But unfortunately, our form so far this season has lasted 31 matches. So it's not overly temporary. Um, but, you know, I think that we have to... Um, understand as much as anything where some fans are coming from with their frustrations um, and that for some people accepting situations is, is better than uh, I don't please the, the phrase I'm going to use Tom is maybe not quite right um, but blind optimism we're all optimists we're Grimsby Town fans 
<laughs> I just I just temper it with my uh, <laughs> my own nat- natural uh, natural way in the world. Uh, so, um, how are we? Do we want to talk more about the game yesterday? I, I I thought we were okay. We still don't create half as much as we need to. We what created two shots on target. One was the goal. Another was a relatively lackluster shot by Lenny that was kind of had no threat at all unless the keeper did a Taibi. Um, and then we had a ball that went across the the mouth, the goal mouth, which anyone else who was a bit more adventurous and optimistic would have uh, gone for it and tried to tried to put it in the back of the net. I still don't think we're actually creating that much. And I think we're getting into that point where you, as fans, we have got that sort of, for want of a better phrase, Stockholm syndrome, where I see five passes strung together. And now I think, oh my God, this is it. We're going to, we're going to be all right. Um, I'm, I just don't think we're creating nearly as much as we, we need to. Can we, I, I thought the, the performance was okay, I, but I thought Forest Green, like a lot of teams that we've come up against this season, know full well that if they get a goal ahead and just keep us at arm's length, they're, they're not going to be troubled that often. Um, I, does anybody else want to add anything on yesterday's game? And I mean, we can touch on Leighton or it, but I can't remember it. I've wiped it. Yes. Um, I think it was fairly obvious that everyone was pretty miffed with the way Forrest Green um, harassed the referee and conducted themselves in a, in a fairly uh, deplorable manner. Uh, so I just remind everyone that having a team that don't do that is quite nice. Well, Paul Hurst came out and asked for a nastier streak within the team. Do you think we saw that yesterday? He's that's what he wants from the team. That's what he wants at the moment. Did 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 we see that yesterday? Problem is, last time we had a nastier streak, we got fined by the FA for it. So presumably, <laughs> it Forest Green nasty, are going to get it? no. And presumably, Forest Green are going to get the same thing coming their way. And uh, you know, hopefully, every team after pretty much every game is going to get a fine coming their way. You would think if that's the way we're going to head. So was it? Is it Mark Cooper their manager? Or am I going back a few years? But he got he got a yellow card yesterday from the bench. Elliot Whitehouse, I was really disappointed with in terms of his conduct yesterday. Um, Jamil Matt throwing himself to the ground was pretty pathetic. It was a a pretty Forest Green performance, if I remember how well they've played in 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 the last few games. Um, with us, I was just if they're going up, it don't take much, does it, to get out of this league? Either way, apparently. <laughs> Um, Leighton Orient anyone want to say anything on that I thought it was pretty terrible really I thought the performance was pretty goddamn awful I don't think we offered anything and considering it's a team that um, were in a terrible run of form and then got battered against Exeter this week it suggests that we offered no fight whatsoever and I know passion is a, a and, and commitment is a is a cliche but I just don't see that hunger and that which maybe need, is needed from the crowd, but I'd have hoped professional footballers would would have that drive to go and chase every ball and to go and harass and close down. I'm just not seeing it. I didn't see it against Harrogate. I didn't see it against Orion. I didn't really see much of it against Forest Green. I thought we did. I thought yesterday we we like I say. I just thought we looked. Yes, it was a long way from perfect, but we're still bottom of League Two. But I did think there were quite a lot of occasions where we had two or three men closing their players down. Um, I don't think there's we're going to gain a lot talking about 
the Orient game now, A, because I can't remember it like you, really, um, and B... That is a self-preservation technique, that is. B, B, we've changed the, B, we've changed the, you know, the formation change yesterday. And I just, like I said, you know, 15 minutes ago, I hope that he sticks with... That's that's the best that I've seen us play probably under him. I know it's not brilliant um, since he came back, or certainly in recent weeks, um, maybe going back to the games where we threw it away. Um, but I just hope he sticks with that and we see as much as close to that starting lineup on Tuesday as we can. And like I say, I think the next two or three games are absolutely pivotal. pivotal. And um, going back to Ian's point, if we're still sat here and we're eight points from safety, you know, in three games time, then, you know, I'll probably have to hold my hands up and say that I think we're just about done. But at the moment, with the two teams we've got coming up, we keep, we are running out of games. We keep throwing away and wasting these opportunities against the teams that are struggling and things like that. But I feel the next two or three games is last chance saloon. And and, and it's an opportunity because we were a little bit better. If we continue to improve, um, we should have a chance in those two games. Perfect. Okay. Right. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's talk about Hurst. Let's let's have a proper chat about him. There's a lot of people that, are st- a lot of people that were the familiar pit faces that we saw last time around during his tenure that were, were asking for him to leave. We were talking before we joined that the fishy had a, a poll on that is currently going and the majority don't want to see him be given next season. Let's have a quick chat about him and an honest assessment. And I'll start and let you guys formulate your own opinions, but I don't think in any way he should be to blame for this season. I think we can blame him for individual errors that have come around for late substitutions, took far too long to move to 4-4-2, given the success we saw in, in, in games later on when we were chasing them. Um, and I don't, though he, the vast majority of the players we could have currently got going on the pitch were signed by him. I wouldn't necessarily say they are his players. They are what he could get for a club that are bottom of the league that have already had enough money spaffed out along by that fraudster in Holloway currently don't. Ha- and I, I would criticize the consortium in a way, but they're, 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 they're not guilty of anything other than it's taking time is that we're a club in limbo. No one technically owns it. Really, the outgoing board had no interest, have no interest in doing anything for the club. No money is, is, is being put into, I would imagine we're nowhere near the salary cap though. Then again, we've got about 300 players on the books, which, um, I just don't think it's fair to criticise him for this massive mess. And I would like to see him at least be given 18 months from the start of next season, whatever league we're in, because I don't think there's a harder working manager in football. There's, I don't think there's a better manager we've had since Buckley that can put a team together. Um, but my worry would be that he is not a manager that would necessarily be able to win a league. But then again, that is a manager who had to get us promoted with Fenty in charge. So you don't know what, obstacles were put in his way who would like to go next i guess uh most of what you've said i agree with alex to get the only thing uh, and i don't disagree with giving him 18 months but the only thing that would temper that is a lot of it is going to come down to if we are relegated how does he start next season um because if we go down and in the first 10 games we start poorly then that's going to put him under pressure straight away um, and it's actually something, Paul, it, it's almost a little bit last chance saloon for Paul Hurst as well. Because if he fails, in inverted commas, at the Grimsby job, then his last three, 
jobs have been failures, essentially, in terms of Ipswich, Scunthorpe and us. And then, like we've said um, earlier on about um, trying to attract the right players and things, who's going to want a manager where his last three jobs he's, he's been poor at and not even necessarily lasted a year? For me, though, we don't get rid of Hurst. We keep him in. We give him the opportunity to to have a go under the new consortium. Um, new people, fresh ideas. We've already discussed how um, on the last pod, I think it was, where that some of us would almost, if it's a 50-50 of staying in this league with the current owners or going down with a new set of ownership, that would actually the latter is better. Um, well, we did a poll on that yesterday, I think, and it was like 90% would rather be relegated and be under new stewardship and wouldn't take next season under Flet Fenty. 90 to 10, 90 there we go. to 20%. Yeah, so there we go. And I think Hurst, when he was in the conference, proved himself to be very good at finding players to come in um, and improve the team. There was a lot of times where people left and there was panic amongst the fans as to what we were going to do. But And it took time. It took longer than most of us would have liked, admittedly. But eventually, he got the right formula within the team to get us up. I would like to think it doesn't take us five or six years again this time. But I'm thinking back to when sort of Carl Magne left. And there was a massive thing, um, actually, about why didn't we pay him the extra 50 quid a week or whatever it was. And then Richard Tate came in. And there was numerous examples of that down the years with our top scorers leaving and somebody else came in the door each time and picked up the mantle and the baton. And a lot I've of known, that, for me, goes down to Paul Hurst. Yeah, absolutely. I've never known a man be able to pick out a a player like that. It was It's incredible. Like Hearn, Connell, Bogle, Ammond, Lenny. And then you've got the bit part players, bit part players around it, Arnold and Pittman and, and take your pick. Par Ollie Palmer, those sort of just just seem to pluck him out of the air. I've never seen we've never Buckley was the last player that manager that was able to do anything like that. Who's who else has got any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, Tom. Uh yeah, I have two main criticisms of Paul Hurst. First one being uh substitutions. He's never made for me um substitutions in a, a very proactive manner uh, always seems to be reactive um, i.e. we go a goal down um, and I think he could just be a bit braver on that front. I, I know he said in the interview the other week that he, he likes to give people a chance to come out in the second half yeah. and, and sort of prove themselves but I think after 10 minutes if it's still not working change it. Absolutely. Now you you yeah. can have like five subs, change it. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, for example, when we had, um, when he brought Bunny on, yeah, I, I don't have any, I think Bunny's been pretty solid for us since he's come in. But when, when he brought Bunny on, I was pretty disappointed. I said, that's not really a positive substitution for the player that's come off. Um, and he no. could have changed it around a bit more. Um, even for me, changing formation would have been acceptable in that circumstance. And then my other criticism, and this always surprises me because he's he's worked his way up from Ilkeston Town uh, to Boston to Town into the Football League, is that we we know we're not we're not that really inventive from set pieces. I know it always surprises me that we don't do more at set pieces under under Hurst because that's something. 
certainly we obviously it's like all the range now even in professional football but that is something that was definitely or is definitely like a, a big thing in, in non-league because it's a, a real sort of opportunity to get a shot on goal at a set piece um, and then my third is that obviously it was a different circumstance in the conference that he didn't really invest in sort of bringing through young players into the first team um, but he has given Clifton and Max Wright quite a few opportunities since he's come back so I'll reserve that criticism that time around but long term I think that was a, a criticism for me when he was here the first time around but obviously in that situation he was pressured with getting promotion um, so it's difficult isn't it to, to bring in young players but overall I think he's good I think like I think Bruce has already said or it might be yourself like we're a lot more difficult to beat now and that's what he does with his teams. He makes them hard to beat. I can't remember Grimsby ever getting really hammered underneath him, under him, sorry. Um, and I think he will build a team that will challenge eventually if he's given the time. The question is is, is whether he'll get the time. If we go down in the conference and he's still in charge, I'll be perfectly happy with that. I think you're, you're, you're right, especially when you're talking about the substitutions and the, 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 the kind of the lack of flexibility, I guess, is that almost the conference is the one league that doesn't suit Paul Hurst, where you don't have as many options to go up. You've either got to smash the league and get 110 points, or then you go as we did through the lottery, the playoffs, which can take four or five years to, to, to get through because we can be, be on the end of poor refereeing decisions, bad luck, whatever. Um, I would have, yeah, I, I can't disagree. Bruce, have you got any thoughts on, on, on Hurst and, and, and whether he should be here next season and, and so on? I think having reappointed him, I wouldn't have a problem with him being here next year. I echo everybody else's sentiments about the the delay of substitutions. And I didn't like um, how he was... We were always so concerned about the opposition, but I think that goes back to the defensive-mindedness and, and that sort of thing. But I think somebody pointed out, um, I saw on social media this morning, how many goals these teams had scored and how many we've scored in this league since. And it's 20 goals a season less per season and not not taking into account this 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 horror show um <laughs> but uh he um you know his teams always did score goals uh, i know it was at a lower level but you know you're still competing against 11 men on the opposition um but uh yeah so i wouldn't be unhappy if he was here next season you know i'm not saying that i'm i'm his biggest fan but i think he i think there are more positives and negatives probably to him while not being perfect but we're we're ninety second in the football league. Yeah. You're not going to get a perfect manager. No, I think one of the the things that does go against him, and I think I agree with everything because I mean I pretty much echoed everything you said. But um, the only issue he has against another manager is he's got a lot a lot of baggage with us. It's, it's seven years, isn't it? It's sort of after a while there are certain straws that break people's backs and sort of have enough of it. You can already see the detractors coming out and 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 speaking quite vocally about their thoughts on him. But I, I think blaming him for any of this season really is like blaming the firefighter that turns up to your house that's been set on fire by an arsonist, but blaming him because he's using the wrong fire extinguisher because that's the only one he's got to hand. Like, what 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 do you want from him? Like, I, I mean, but have you guys been disappointed with the way that the, the season has gone under him so far? Are you surprised that it's been that slow? 
are you surprised? I, I mean, I keep looking going, I wouldn't mind a Warrior Edwards still in this team. Like, was he too hasty to get rid of some of the youngsters? Bruce? Just remind me what, I, I, it seems, this season seems to have broken into so many stages. <laughs> what what was our, how bad was our form before Holloway, Holloway resigned in the last I think Ian's games? got it. I, I actually can't remember. Yeah, um, in our conversation earlier on, um, Bruce, this when I was looking at the league table, this is something I put together actually earlier on. So our last 10 under Holloway, um, we conceded 24, scored seven, got seven points. That's league only. In there as well, there were two defeats to Hull and Leicester, um, which I didn't include. Uh, what about Dagenham and Redbridge? Was that not included? No, that was just included in the, the 10. Okay. Um, and then we conceded three or more goals on four occasions in there. Under Hurst, <clears throat> we've conceded 17 and scored five in the last 10 and got four points. So he's, his goal difference is minus 12, but it was minus 17 under Holloway. And we've conceded three or more on two occasions, of which they both came in Hurst's first four games back with us. So effectively, it looks like we're improving, but it might be too slow. Yeah. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, it, it does have a, this season does have a feel of sort of when Woods took over uh, when we were in the league and we're ste- we were steadily improving, but that run of wins that we needed um, just never came, did it? Yeah, it won't come in soon enough. We kept drawing. Yeah. Um, and it does have. In, in many ways, that feel about it. But I just look to the improvement. And so this is one of the first seasons since I, well, basically since I had a season ticket where I've watched pretty much every game bar the uh, Johnston's paint games or whatever it's called now. Um, and I, I think anybody who's watched town since the beginning of the season, since Hurst has come in, has to agree that since Hurst has come in, we've, looked a lot more solid. We don't look like we're going to get turned over and and thrashed three or four nil or lose by three or more goals or whatever. Okay, we're not as, as good going forward. But like we said in the last podcast, I think now with the players that Hurst has brought in, we have got two or three players like Matete, uh, El Mazzuni, Moraes, Adams, who can turn a player and get half a yard to get a crossing, get a shot off. And we like yesterday, even though we went 2-1 down quite late on, I did still think there was a chance that we might equalise. Whereas I haven't had that feel. I didn't have that feeling on the Holloway. I felt like once we've gone 1-0 down, we're not going to get back into the game. And we did have a chance at the end. In, in stoppage time, there was a chance. It was a half chance, but it was a chance. I think we, I think on the Holloway, we were more erratic, certainly. We could be like we were at Cheltenham, pretty goddamn good to actually watch. And um, and the same would be said for the, the the second game of the season in the, the tin pot um, with with Harrogate. That was a really entertaining game. Uh, but we are we were much less stable since the Scunny game, and, and Ian's alluded to it already. We've only lost by the odd goal every time. So everything from the, the, the end of January onwards, it's been a 1-0, 2-1. I mean, let's face it, at the end of the day, it don't fucking matter. We lose, we lose, but... Um, it does suggest that we're more stable. Bruce, what were you going to say? I just agree with I just agree with Tom. Really, I uh, it's just it's just so tight and the fine margins, isn't it? And we've got to 
as we've already, already alluded to, we've just got to do what we can in these next two games, I think. And uh, we get if we could get four or six points from the next two games, I think we're sat here next Sunday, and it feels completely different. But we are running out of time. Yeah. So, okay. I don't mean to. Uh, no one else got anything to add on Hurst. I mean, that sounded really final, Bruce. <laughs> I, um, I actually, I, I actually made that up completely because I completely forgot on what I was going to say. But actually, I do remember. Um, I was just going to say just one final thing. I thought yesterday we had the opportunity and we put a lot more balls into the box. And I thought that that formation. I thought uh, Hendry looked a lot better than he's looked in a long, long time yesterday. He's looked a completely. Out I, of thought sort. Looked, I, I thought he looked. I thought he looked good better. at. I thought he looked good at centre-back. He had a good turn of pace. There was a point in which Jamil Matt turned him and if it was Pollock or Waterfall, um, they'd have still been sat in the lower findus while they, uh, Jamil Matt was wheeling away celebrating. But that's he kept Hewitt, up with him. That's Hewitt, that's Hewitt not Hendry. Oh, Hewitt, sorry, sorry, man. Sorry, man. <laughs> I, I get those two the same. But I, no, I, I th- thought... Okay, he- Hewitt's got a good turn of pace. I really liked him. Hendry was shit. But Hewitt was great. <laughs> So, so do, do, are, we, are we worried that in the 31st game of the season, we've discovered that Hewitt is our best centre-back? Uh, well, can, can you <laughs> remember no, that? I thought Hendry was better yesterday. Yeah, Tom, what were you going to say? Uh, I think many um, Yese has actually played. I, he was the best player. I know it's not a, a, a great compliment, but against Leighton Orient, I thought he was probably our best player. And yesterday, he was he was probably up there again. And I think he's actually, I don't know, he had a, a few criticisms in the first few games, but I, I think with game time, he's actually getting better and better. Um, I thought he was, um, I thought he was better yesterday, but I thought he was, I thought he was poor against Dorian. The twat can't stay on his feet. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him. I've never known a man that, I mean, I'm a big bloke. And when I turn, you know, the center of gravity takes a while to keep up with me, but even I don't fall over as much as I he does when he turns. I've never seen a guy you can't, like you can't it. call what you can't call one of our players a twat. <laughs> that's, that's not. Uh, have you, you not heard me, Richard Brody? Yeah, have you not heard me talking about Matt Green? <laughs> God, I hope, I hope they don't put this on in the uh, dressing room before the games. Oh, that twat can't stay on his feet. He's going to he's going to help us out, isn't he? <laughs> Well, I, I just, I, thought, I, I just, I'm just very happy that his parents named him so aptly. <laughs> I, I thought, um, no, you were right though, and I thought, did, don't you think that uh, Hewitt looks a calm head at the back, and we've looked like rabbits in the headlights a lot of the time? And I think, uh, I think he's shown what a valuable asset he was, and there's no wonder that he was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the season before Notts County went down, he was their player of the year, and yeah, I think we ask him, we ask him to play all over. And very rarely does he play two or three games in succession in the same position, uh, and very rarely does he look our worst player on the pitch. I think he's, I think he's a good squad player. Um, okay, so we'll move on from that then, unless no one's got anything to add. Let's let's take a dark turn and talk about if we do go down, which is suggest the bookies suggest. You say dark, uh, that's... dark, dark. Sorry, oh, sorry I was sorry, go- sorry. sorry, going all Holloway on you. Um, if we do go down. Um, what what are your thoughts about it? Let's not romanticise non-league. I mean, we had some bloody good away days, and we event we won more than we do in in the football league. But um, other things you're going to enjoy going back to it, going to miss, going to hate anything, anything to to grasp onto if if that's going to be our future. 
Yeah, yeah. You've got a couple of things. One is a lot of the best kind of fan moments from the last few years have come as a result of winning games, you know. And back in in a few years' time, your fans who were, like Bruce has spoken about a few times on interviews recently, of great times when he's been interviewing people like um, Cockrell and Groves and McDermott and things like that. And a lot of those, a lot of those times, certainly with Cockrell and things like that, they would have come in Division 4 and 3. And when you look back over in history, if you're winning games, that's what you remember from that spell. And you remember that you went to games with great atmospheres and meeting up with new people and, you know, thousand fans at away games and things like that. In 15, 20 years time, those young fans won't remember what league we were in at the time. They'll just remember that they had a great time when they were 15 to 25 or whatever, going to town games every weekend. And hopefully we can do something similar to what Lincoln have done um, on the back of that. You know, Lincoln came up the season after us and are currently, at least, I know they've had a bit of a dip in form recently, but I think they're still in the automatic play, um, promotion spots at the moment. I don't And look. hopefully, <laughs> don't look, but hopefully with progressive mindset within the club, that is something that we can achieve off the back of going into non-league. We should Certainly, have done it last yeah. time. We we didn't reset. We should have reset last time. We should have actually reset the season before when John Fenty was carried off the pitch at Bournemouth as a saviour and allowed the fans to do that when actually he was the reason we was in this shit in the first place. I hope he lets us carry we, us off. Let's him. Let's us carry him shoulder height uh, at the end of this season. It's not. A, it's not. It's not a long old walk to the sea from, <laughs> from the main stand. <laughs> but we should have used the opportunity to reset when we went down last time, and we didn't. We, Thanks, we Tom. just carried on exactly as we were. Tom's just told us that Lincoln are third um, and are having an entertaining wobble. Um, I wish we could have that sort of entertaining wobble. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we carried on as Town have always done. And in fact, on this as well, I'm just going to continue on to something at the moment that obviously went um, out on Twitter yesterday or was, more was made of on Twitter yesterday. The fact that people within the club having to sell off club memorabilia to enable us to enhance the website at a time when the world has gone website mad because of lockdown and COVID and everything like that. So A, it's ten, it's 12 months too late, if not more than that. B, why are the owners not seeing the opportunity and been putting the money in before now to do it? And C, why are we raffling off club memorabilia to have to do this? You know, it can't cost that much to upgrade a website. And I speak as somebody who works for an online-only business, so I have a broad idea of the sort of costs to upgrade things. And we're talking about a company who ships internationally sort of 50 orders a day. To I want to check your like invoices that. then, because for our association thing, our bills are eye-watering. But, <laughs> but, we're, but we're talking about shopping. a local... <laughs> But we're yeah. talking about a local football club, you know. We're not talking can I, about can I, the business me and can you. Can I ask for. you something about that? Because there was something else that I think coincides with it, which is Dave Smith now randomly appearing at the beginning of the freaking interviews for no particular reason other than to make it look more like the 90s, I think, to, to help us re remember the good old days. But he just comes on and says, right, now you're going to hear from Paul Hurst. He comes on proper wooden like he's reenacting something from Crime Watch. Says... You're now going to hear from Paul Hurst, who's going to talk to you about the upcoming game against Forest Green. Well, yeah, thanks for that, Dave. It says that on the video. I've just clicked because I want to watch the video about it. And then it cuts off before he even finishes his sentence. And then it goes to it. 
And then he comes back and goes, well, I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks. It seems to be a lot of people at the moment are trying to make themselves look busy while the new boss is coming in and going, look what we're doing, look what we're doing. Because there's no point in upgrading the football football website at the moment because within six weeks, we're going to have a person that's come in who has helped launch Skyscanner, Match.com, LastMinute.com. He's going to have way better ideas than you've got. And I'm I'm lucky enough to, to, to know Sam quite well and he's quite helpful. And he said, look, and to, he said, look, we've got this stuff. We've got loads of this. We've got loads of the, the 98 stuff. We've got more than 11, 11 shirts and stuff. So we can do it. I just don't, personally, I don't see why we're doing it. As I said, and I, I don't think it was him that, that did it. I think he was just asked to, to put it up there and to do it. I just think it's, I agree with you, Ian. I think it's weird. Ian, then, then Bruce. Sorry, I, I don't disagree, by the way. If we've got loads of it, great. But that's yeah. not, you know, how it looks and comes across to the fans at the moment. Of course, that that we've got these owners who are walking off into the sunset with two and a half million pounds for a club that is about to finish potentially. Just so Tom don't get angry at me when I say come across with this negativity, potentially finish bottom of the football league. Are about to walk away with two and a half million, and we're going to try and raffle a shirt from the '98 season, which what is going to reach four figures if we're lucky to do our website up, and. We've gone in. We've gone presumably throughout COVID at a time when nobody can go to that stadium to buy anything, and we've not thought at any point, "Oh, I better do it up." So, kind of a little bit about the point of what you've just said in terms of it looks like people are trying to make themselves look busy. Is this the owners of the club trying to justify the two and a half million pounds that they're getting by going, "Look, we've rebuilt the website and everything for you"? I think the conversation was. Um, I think because it's how long it is taking the consortium to come in. And then they will want to put their ideas forward and then they need to, to maybe get something in place. We know how long it can take for web developments to be made unless you're buying something off the shelf as a software package. That when we get to a point, because there's going to be an electronic season ticket thing coming into place next season, uh, that will include... It, it is, Tom. Why are you shaking your head? Why are you shaking your head? Come on, come off mute. Why are you shaking your head? That's happening. <laughs> the analog ticket. All oh, right. Is... Okay, well, no, you'll still get them. You'll still get them. You'll still be able to go up on a match day and buy them. I think for, for season ticket holders and stuff, you'll no longer get a raffle ticket. You'll get a, an actual card where you'll get points and stuff. But um, I think that is one of the reasons why they're doing it. And also because it looks like you may have to do a shirt launch under lockdown. And I think the last one was a shit show, as you can imagine. Yeah, you'll still get something like that, Bruce. You'll get what you'll do is you'll get a little card. That's all. You'll just get a card instead of a... a a ticket. I mean, that is beautiful, Bruce. It is really beautiful. I mean, the fact it hasn't disintegrated since 1998 is amazing. He's just showing a season ticket from 98-99, just so everybody's aware. Bruce, Bruce. I'm just disappointed, Bruce, that they're not in a folder, uh, you know, protected. He's going to get your folder out. And yeah, it's in a box, mate. That's no good. They need to be in a folder <laughs> in chronological order, <laughs> protected, preserved. If they do have a museum at the new ground, all yours are going to be all tatty and we're not going to be able to use them. Hang on, mate. Hang on, look. Is this more like it? Exactly. That's, it looks Bruce like a photo a album. Fight. Someone comes around to your house and goes, oh, where have you been on holiday? And then I you think we're go, forgetting oh, this actually, is an audio podcast. I haven't been on holiday. I'm just a sad though who collects Grimsby Town tickets and I'm yeah. exactly the same. Tom loves tickets, fucking. I've got my... If I can get insurance... Is, is framed in a gold frame. 
Yeah. Tom, if I can get assurances that they're still, they will still keep the dot matrix printer on hand for you, so you can have a completely bespoke 1970s vidi printer style ticket, will you be okay? Can, can, can we at Jason Stockwood with that one? Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't. No. Alex, can we stop? Alex, can we stop co copying him into tweets and stuff? Oh, it's boring. You, you, you share tell you what he reminds me of, and I keep mentioning it. Is there was a point on social media where Grimsby Grimsby Town fan base got catfished by someone who was pretending to be an attractive woman, and every thirsty guy within with wearing a black and white shirt was hovering all around them, while all the female supporters of Grimsby Town were just shaking their heads in disappointment at everybody. It feels exactly like that. Stop bothering him. He's got stuff to do. Can we please, by the way, we're going to have to DM him and try and see if he'll come on the pod. But other than that, can we stop bothering him? <laughs> Touch base with him. Touch yeah. base. Oh, We've got to reach out, reach out, reach out. <laughs> Sorry, this is really this has really gone on, gone on a tangent because we started off. You didn't you ask the question how how do we feel about going down to the conference? Okay, so these are my positives. Sort of, we've sort of, we've completely gone off the trail completely. These are my positives for non-league. Right, um, we'll be uh, big fish in a small pond. So we'll national non-league paper. We'll get a, a nice article instead of a, a, a paragraph on why we lost one nil. Um, we'll have uh, be on BT Sport every now and then, so we get to see ourselves in proper HD. I imagine iFollow will still go. You don't have to waste money on FIFA every year because we'll have to keep the, the one with the terrible shirt on. Uh, being exceptionally selfish, there are a lot of games around me here in Surrey slash Hampshire. I've got two grounds about 10, 10 minutes from, from my door. Uh, never mind Maidenhead. And we get to go to Weymouth, a nice little beach. That's a lovely part of the world. Uh, there's quite a few positives. That was mine. That's what I came up with yesterday while I was crying. Bruce has gone. Uh, <laughs> Bruce has been relegated already by the looks of it. Anybody, anything else on that? Or am I just, I, I'm obviously making it up and trying to trying to think positively. But no, I, I've, I've got positives. Like, uh, obviously, you, you're not allowed to talk. More, yeah. We win more games than we lose generally uh, on previous experience in the conference. We seem to take very good numbers to away games. Um, the the police presence at conference games isn't as militant. Well, we um, do have Chesterfield, so which, they'll which all be there. <laughs> more enjoyable. Uh, a lot of conference clubs have friendly clubhouses which you can go in. I I met Peter Crouch at Fleetwood Town away, for example. Kingsland, we'll get to go watch Kingsland. You like Kingsland, Tom? Kingsland's a nice little ground, yeah. Um, it does feel yeah, a bit embarrassing that we have we to play Kingsley. We get to the Kingsley. latter stages of a cup competition more often than not. Oh, I'm not doing that. Can we? Can we? Can we void that already? I'm not if doing we go the down, FA Trophy. I demand that we win the trophy. I want to win the trophy. Nobody <laughs> wants to win it. They're still I going ahead with it. that, by the way. <laughs> Even now, win it. when you've got Dover who've played like 16 games, because I've now got to concentrate on the National League and I followed them back on Twitter after they'd have blocked us. Um, they, they're still going ahead. They're still pl ploughing forward with the FA Trophy. Don't worry about it. Even when we were in there and there was a massive fixture backlog and we're going, can't we just... I mean, we should. what we need to do is we need to keep this squad on retainer. So we need to keep Matt Green. We need to keep Luke Waterfall. We need to keep all of them on retainer. So when we want to get out of the FA Trophy, we just play them. We just play them. They'll lose 4-0 to Colville and then we're done and we can concentrate back on the league. That's a great way of doing it, I think. I reckon that relegation to the National League would be a disaster. But 
because <laughs> of, because of the financial implications. Um, so do we get more uh, money now though? There's a parachute thing now. They never used to be, did there? I just think that with the new owners coming in, if we're not in the football league, it will restrict some of our revenue opportunities. Um, we're not as an, you know it's the we're not as an attractive proposition. I agree to some extent that we will um, win more games, but we would win more games in the Grimsby and Cleethorpe Sunday League. I don't yeah, think that's a, you know that, I don't think that's a argument that washes with me. Yes, it's more enjoyable. Um, there are some things that are better, but I, what I will say is that I think the new owners deserve their, deserve our full backing, and like most other fans, I would back the club to the hilt. But I just fear that it could take us another. Even with new owners, it could take. We we, we don't know when we'll come back. Has anyone got any stats on how quickly other teams have have, have jumped back into the league? Link. Uh... Only only two years. teams have bounced back in the first season, uh, Lincoln and Shrewsbury. Bristol Lincoln Rangers. won it as champions. Shrewsbury went up by the playoffs. Bristol Were Rangers. they back in the early 90s? Uh, Lincoln was, yeah, mid-90s, I think, early 90s. And Shrewsbury was probably early noughties under Paul Simpson. Tom. Bristol Rangers. That is a really... Bristol that is Rovers. a really weird <laughs> version Bristol of Tourette's you've got there, Alex. Oh, yeah, and then Bristol Rovers <laughs> were the Bristol Rovers. Sorry. We lost to them. I remember. I were there. <laughs> yeah. Tom, do you think that the fact that we've got conference players now would benefit us? <laughs> uh, do I think the fact we've got conference players now? I'd, I'd be interested to see, for example, if we did go down and he had to build a whole new squad, that would make getting promoted again, in my opinion, more difficult because you'd need time for them to bed as a team. Um but as I've said on previous occasions, whilst I enjoyed the conference when we were down there and non-league, I enjoyed football anyway. Um, I, I still think so. Do we apparently? 20, 26 points. Yeah. Win on Tuesday. That's twenty-three. That's all you need to I remember. Would, I, I would rather live in Tom's world, really, because I don't want to have be. a sit down I, and I, a pint. I, I know. I'm. I know. I'm talking about. Um, I know I'm trying to make light of it, but it's such a shithole league and it really does a disservice to the likes of Pearson and, and Disley and Macker at the time who, who busted their gut to get us out of that and Hurst to get us out of that league and then have these bloody cow asses send us back is freaking disgusting. There, there, comes, there comes a point, and I think it'll probably be after this season with the new owners, where we've got to draw a line under that and say that just didn't happen, but they've gone now. We yeah. can't we can't hold on to that, that bitterness. Um I'm going to, because, uh, my bitterness is going to be ooh. following John Fenty. I'm going to follow all his business activities and make sure that everybody knows what he is. That's my life. Bruce, it's going to be boring. On, on that point, I think it becomes a, um, you know, a time where you actually have to draw a line under the fact that we were in the championship. I remember that. That was over a decade ago. We're now a division four slash potentially division five. That is our status. And I think that a lot of the, Personally, a lot of the problems in terms of fans supporting groups, we just need to we need to reset. I've said it before, we need to reset and realise that we are where we are and we're never going to progress collectively until a lot of people accept that as well. That no, we, I think the reason we never progressed is because we've got a bunch of lying charlatan fraudsters in our board and that's yeah, the obviously only reason. the board hasn't helped. And I, I, there's nothing wrong with having, personally, to this time and there's nothing wrong with having... 
championship team. And we've we've championship you've said that. Anymore, we? We've you've said we're, that. All right. We're, we're, but we've rubbish. there's nothing wrong with having a high level of standards. I, I understand football has moved on. We 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 play out of a sports but we train out of a sports pavilion from the nineteen seventies that even my cricket club wouldn't use. Um football has moved on. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with having those high standards. Historically, that's where we're meant to be. Uh, but I think the town has disassociated itself with the club. But it is a club, it's a town with the size of a club that could support a championship first uh, league one team. Yeah, and I, to- I totally agree. But Good I man. don't think we're going to achieve that again until we accept where we are. And there's a lot, I personally think there's a lot of people who support the club who are still haven't accepted that. And and drawn a line under the fact that we're no longer in the second tier. And they're still like looking at us playing Forest Green like we did yesterday and saying we shouldn't be playing these. Whereas in actual fact, we've been playing teams like that for over a decade. That's the generations worth of fans. That is the reality of the club. And we need to just face up to that as supporters as well. And so, well, hopefully we don't. Hope, hopefully we won't have to. But I, okay. I, 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 I am... Sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, doing doing the account that I do, I started it in 2017, and I genuinely at the moment don't know whether when we're down in the conference, if we were down in the conference, I don't know whether you feel that you can hark back to, um, you know, look at this in 1984, we beat Everton at Goodison, and you know, and now we're playing Weymouth, or with, that, with no disrespect to, you know, any team down in the conference, it, no, nah, disrespect him. Balls to him. It, it almost feels like it, it almost feels like you've dropped too far. And like Tom says, that's not that's not what the club is at the moment. And while we're in the league, um, it feels sort of you feel like you can still touch that. And that, you know, we might be two divisions away from where that was then, but it, it still feels sort of something. But you know, if you get further down, it just feels like you're talking about a completely different club. And, and I agree with Tom. We need to reset. Um, I think we can reset um, in League Two. You know, we can reset with the new owners. Hopefully, that would be that would be ideal. I think we would all agree on that. Um, but like I've said, if we do go down, then you know, as a fan, I'm not going anywhere. And I, I, I think the new owners deserve our full backing. And I, yeah, I agree. I, you know, I sometimes, you know, doing what I do, I, I probably do hark on about the old days but that's part of our history and we are currently in the lowest 10 or 15 years that the club of, of history wise that the club's ever had and but at some point and I, I think when the new owners come in I will probably have to stop moaning about the current board and what they've done or else we're just gonna have a chip on our shoulder forever well I think it's going to be it's an interesting point that um it's going to be interesting how and and, and including myself in that what is what is football going to be like post the post Fenty? I've spent, I've spent and wasted quite a lot of my time and spent quite a lot of my energy deriding what is probably one of the worst boards in the football league. Um, because you can criticize the Alams and the Venkies and the, and the, uh, Oystens of the world, but none of them took their teams to non-league twice. Um, you, what, what does that look like with, with that sort of faint, optimism and such and it's just that i'm i'm looking forward to it but i'm slightly nervous about what i i knew what the problem was and i knew how to fix it before with fenty just get rid of him get rid of him and a lot of things would be fixed 
when these new boards come in and they're doing things that I quite like and saying the things that I like, and Paul Hurst is a manager that I'm fine with, where does my ire go? Where does where does my anger go? That I'm I'm going to be interested in that. Like, who do I blame? Me probably. Uh, Tom, what are you going to say? I, for clarity, I, I, yeah, I just want to say. I'll oh, let's no not labour this point. <laughs> no, I have, no, I have absolutely no problem with us celebrating past achievements. I think every club does that, and and it and it's right. What um what we have to make a difference between is celebrating past achievements and basically saying okay we were there we're now here and the, the, these are the opponents that we face week in week out and and a lot of people think, haven't managed think, to do that i don't think that's true i i, I think the vast majority of fans and i mean the that's one majority. of the reasons why i do the tin pot claxon because loads of people basically go oh this is tin pot they're a tin pot club we should be beating them the whole my whole amusement of the tin pot thing comes from the fact that loads of people of people when we first started going to down when we first went down to the conference were like but again the tin pot but that's 10 years ago isn't it that was 10 years ago now that's a long but time the tin ago pot thing is still going on isn't it people yeah, but still tin, pot is, tin, pot. tin pot is used for quite tin, a lot of things isn't it, it is tin pot's used... just smaller than yourself isn't it yeah you know it, smaller I, I would say it's, base, it's history, a smaller club whatever. a smaller fan base somebody that's propped up by an owner a club that's probably not sustainable. I think Tin Pot, you'll find, comes out most often when we lose. <laughs> right, I'm going to follow the Tin Pot Claxon thing and see what you... Because you've done it on me a couple of times on our on our mighty Twitter account with over 5 million impressions, apparently, is a good thing. I don't know. Don't don't mean we get any cash. But um, I, when I say it, it's usually deriding something that has been poorly run, poorly managed, or someone who have delusions of grandeur above their station is probably what I would say whether it be used ironically or sarcastically. Like, we laboured that point far too much. That's getting cut a lot of that. But um, there was something that was mentioned yesterday. Matt Green giving old Elliot Whitehouse a bit of a cuddle and a hug. I don't know when that was, but I'd like to get your thoughts on it. I've got no problem with people having friends outside of the club. Guess what? It's a job to, to players. But I don't want it to be seen to be done on the pitch after such a, a disappointing defeat. Um, I don't know if you've got any points on that, but quite a few people are chatting about it. I think if we'd have won two one, and uh, uh, you know, and the game had gone all right and gone in our favour, nobody would have complained about it. I think it kind of comes down to what we said earlier on about the performance yesterday. There was a lot of negativity on Twitter about the performance, but if that game was in October then people come away going, yeah, actually, we didn't play bad there. We was a bit unlucky. But because of the situation we're in at the moment, it changes things. And I think that's a bit the same with the the White House um, green thing. It's disappointing because I think it happened during the game and it looks like he's basically walked around an injured player to do it. So it's disappointing timing. Yeah. But it's certainly not one that's worth getting overly het up about because... Um, spent enough of our time getting heads up about performances and things that Matt Green does, like not hit the target, let alone getting wound up about and having a friend. <laughs> I mean, Paul Hurst was seeing, he still gets in the squad, uh, but I can't see it. Um, anyway, good luck in the uh, job centre next year, Matt. Um, let's, um, let's have a look at some of the questions and answers. So Mark James came back. We'll be interested to know what today's contributors uh, were, either managers or only what changes, if any, would they like to see uh, things 
as they see things today. I mean, there's not much you can change right now. The new owners come in tomorrow. All they can start doing is doing the positive things, get feedback from fans, get get their ideas of what's going ahead. That's what I would want to see is engaging with fans in a way, taking, getting questions, doing a forum, getting getting their feelings on it and, and making their changes from that in. The first thing I would want the, them to be doing, obviously all those things you've mentioned are important, but we've had no coaching structure for years in this club. Absolutely none. You know, we, it's, it may was may well have been, excuse me, all right, back in the 90s to have had two or three coaches. Uh, we had John McDermott on the other day and he said about it, but these days I would like us to consider having things like a strength and conditioning coach and people doing specific roles within the club to actually help things. And there are other, um, shall we say, backroom staff in the club that have a chequered history that have been here for a very, very long time who do have a chequered history. And maybe we actually need to be looking to get better rather than sticking with a bit of loyalty to these people because they're a a bit of a cult hero locally. (laughs) I don't know any cult heroes who work in the club. Um, Anybody got anything else on that? Are you happy to move on to the next one? I'll move on to the next one. One was Tom. We've already had it. It was from Joe Turner asking um, if you're still confident. I think we've got that. Uh, and you came back to him as well. Darren Newman said, just uh, how long do we need to sit down for and have many pints? Yeah, we've done that one. Uh, somebody wanted to know what flavour pasty Scott Woodthorpe had. I think it was, he just said it was traditional. He said it. He said it, Ben. I, like I thought that last one, I thought that last one though, Alex was good. Was that the one where he said that surely we've moved on to two pints and a couple of Sambucas now? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Five pints and a few Sambucas. <laughs> yeah. We need, yeah, you know how... You know how the fishy has um, the drinks like schedule. That's maybe what we need to have. Almost we need like a barometer, def- don't we? Yeah, a, a com yeah. level of uh, drinkage to see what it is. Um, maybe that's one for Tom. Maybe that's one for Tom. When we sit down and we calm down, how many pints are we at? Yeah. What, what are we at, Tom? Is it still just the one pint? Pints-wise, yeah. Just, you know, pint after the day, fine. Is that just it? No, it's no strength. No, as as at least the percentage increased. No. No. Okay. Cool. Uh, Danny Coates said yesterday was always going to be a tough fixture, and I think we saw some improvements. Next two games, Carlisle away and Kyle Chester at home are absolutely key. If we don't win them both, I fear it's all over. Uh, win like them both, Danny. and we're back like in that. the fight. Uh, don't worry, Danny. Nurse will come come and look after you soon. But uh, I love the positivity. Uh, um. Chris Stiff said, is it right to let players steal a wage from the club? Not in the manager's plans. Uh, I mean, it's a good question. I wouldn't probably put it as as delicately as you did, Chris. Uh, But um, should we be putting some of these players on furlough? The scannels of the world and and such who are not going to get a look in. Should they be put on furlough until their contracts end? Or is that a bit unscrupulous of us? No, and I'll tell you the reason why. If for some of these players who we would talk about putting on furlough, which would be the first squad of this season, those players need to be going in every day into that training ground and being made to feel the pain um, of dealing with a team that is bottom of the league and doing their best to get out of it, rather than being furloughed, sitting at home, not worried about it and getting 80% of their wage. I would rather see them drive into that training ground every day and still trying to prove themselves as professional footballers that they are supposed to be. I think what I would probably do is, I I agree with you, Ian, but 
I probably wouldn't want them anywhere near the team that are actually playing now. I'd want them at like Wintringham or I don't know, send them to Scunthorpe or something and train. If we just let them train next to Scunny training and see if any of the disappointment rubs off on them. I know we dislike Scunthorpe, but that's a bit harsh. That is yeah. a bit too far for me. <laughs> Sending them a Matt Green. Let's just have Matt Green just just training with Lincoln. They, they'd probably enjoy it. They like him there. If we give them as a gift, it would be like a Trojan horse in a way. Um, Tom uh, Tom Shaw said, I think everyone will uh, join me in celebrations uh, when we can finally get rid of uh, Matt Green. Uh, I mean, his wages are quite a lot and I think we're all disappointed in him. Uh, after looking at the next couple of fixtures, they look like games which uh, we, get, we can get some sort of results in. Carlisle haven't won since January the 30th and Colchester's first win uh, have won one in their last 16 that being against Carlisle. Uh, after that, we have Tramir, which will be a write-off. Um, I, I didn't know that Colchester were in such a bad run of form. That sounds terrifying. So if we lose to said, them, is it done? Thank, thanks, Alex, because I said the other night they've not won any in the last 14. I didn't, <laughs> You've just gone, oh, I didn't know those on such a bad run of form. <laughs> I didn't know it was that bad. Like when you say 14, you don't really put it into perspective. And then oh, they've won one, but it was against Carlisle sort of thing. Oh, they, and Port, they and Port Vale are really struggling. Yeah. Well, uh, tough luck, lads. This is our spot and you're not. You're, you're going to have to take it out of our cold, dead hands. <laughs> uh Mike McMahon is, uh, has taken to privately messaging us. I think it's in case Tom sees it. Uh, let's have a look. He said, um, uh, having had time to reflect, I think this could, <laughs> having had time to reflect, I think this could be the biggest week in our club's history. Win at Carlisle and against Colchester, who are both in terrible form. Our outlook could be a lot different. Failed to do so, though, and I think our fate is sealed. So I think a lot of people have just moved it long down the line. Um, but I think that's... That's it for the questions. Has anyone got anything to add before we move on and go? I think you, I think you've got some sensible listeners and some sensible followers. To be fair, that they, they, they were quite reasonable um, responses. I thought. Well, it sa- it says a lot because um, let me just pull it up. Obviously, we we've already had a quick chat about the the fishier doing a poll that should we keep Hurst. We did one yesterday. Basically, should um, do we keep Hurst next season? It's nearly seventy percent, sixty eight percent said yes, we should. And that was a sizable number. That was like 460 odd people that did that. So obviously Twitter has got a, a higher caliber of, of, of person uh, on it. Um, anybody got anything else to add before we go? Nice. Thank you all for your times. Uh, uh, we enjoy it. Please take your time to have a listen to the Macker interview if you haven't already. Uh, and we shall see you all um, after Carlisle and Colchester, which apparently everything relies on. So, um I'm, I'm, we'll see you after that god <laughs> bye bye